Amen, amen. Please pray with me before I deliver this message. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for your presence in us. Thank you for your presence among us in this moment. And thank you, O God, for your word that is about to be proclaimed. Lord, I ask that you would take me out of self. Allow your Holy Spirit to minister in me and through me to my brothers and sisters. Grant us all ears to hear and hearts to receive and spirit to respond. And when it's all said and done, God, may you be glorified in us and through us. And the people of God say together with thanksgiving, amen, amen, and amen. Let's see. Facebook. WeChat. YouTube. Instagram, Twitter, what are they? They are, yeah, y'all can talk to me. What are they? Social media media sites that people go on, and a lot, young and old, go on to follow what's going on in people's lives. Yes, it's a way of communicating um, to know that um, there is good, And they can be bad on those social network sites. And there are thousands of them out there. I checked, you know. And and I know that my daughter checked, uh, follow her children to see what they're doing and where they're going and who they're talking to. And they know it. That's the key thing. They know it, right? They don't like it. But that's what it is supposed to be all about. Following what's going on in the world around us and responding to what we are seeing and what we are hearing. Our gospel message today from Luke chapter 5, we hear Jesus inviting Peter and the other disciples to follow him. Now, they didn't have the social network, you know, sites like we have today. So Jesus was up close, personal, and Jesus invited Peter to come follow him. Now you can hear, you can read the same message in a different way in the Gospels of Matthew chapter 4 and in Mark chapter 1. And in those two Gospels, you will hear Jesus literally using the words to Peter and Andrew and to James and John to come Follow him. And then he, he said something else. He says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Hmm? But Luke did not tell us that those literal words of Jesus. I believe Luke had a different focus. Luke wants us to see Peter in his transformation. Luke wants us to see that something happened to Peter and the other disciples from the beginning, the initial point when Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishes of men, to the point that we are reading Luke's story about what happened to Peter. So what did happen to Peter? From the beginning of Jesus' call, saying, come follow me, Peter and the rest of his followers, his friends, they went back to what was familiar to them. And Jesus knew that. 
But something else happened that only God can do from the point that we realize that God is calling us to follow God's guidance, instruction to the point where we are convicted and we say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. So we hear this in in the Gospel of Luke. We hear that, you know, on this beautiful morning, Jesus was walking by Lake Gennesaret, and there were two boats. And we hear that there were crowds of people following Jesus, flocking Jesus. They wanted to hear the good news of the word of God that Jesus had been proclaiming all along the area. So Luke tells us that Jesus and the disciples were at a distance, but Jesus stepped into one of the two boats. He could have chosen the boat that belonged to Jesus, to Peter's friend, but he chose Simon Peter's boat. And I will say Peter, and it means Simon Peter, because his name was originally Simon. And when he responded to Jesus' call, Jesus changed his name to Peter, which meant the rock, stone. So Jesus specifically went into Simon Peter's boat, and he told him to push push off a little way from the shore. And Jesus sat there a little way from the shore, and he started teaching the crowd the multitude that were gathered to hear a good word from Jesus. But after Jesus finished speaking to the crowd, Jesus turned specifically to Peter. And he said, push out further into the deep. What an interesting statement. Because what we understand is that Peter, Simon Peter and his friends, they were expert fishermen. They knew the right time to fish. They knew how to cast their net to get a good catch. And they knew that what Jesus was asking Peter to do at that point in time, to go further into the deep and then to cast his net, Peter knew that that was pointless. But I love his words. He says, Lord, we have been out fishing all night And we have not caught anything. And now you are asking me to take you out into the deeper waters to cast my net. He said, even though I may have doubts about this, yet I will obey your word. He says, nevertheless, if you say do it, Jesus, I will do it. And Peter did it. He followed Jesus' command. And what happened? He caught this miraculous catch of fish. It was so many that his net, you know, were popping. His boat was overflowing. He had to call his friends in the other boat to come and to take some of this fish and to carry it ashore. Something miraculous happened to Peter. Peter realized that Jesus, the person who gave him the command, this Jesus, there was something divine about him. There was something great about him. He is a great God. He's a holy God. Peter realized by Jesus' miracle that he of himself was a sinner. 
He said to Jesus, Lord, leave me. Go away from me, God. I don't want to be in your presence. I am not worthy to be in your presence. I am a sinner, God. And what did Jesus do? Jesus told him and his friends, don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. What is the significance of this gospel message for us in this technological age, this age where we are following everybody, what they are doing and what they are saying, and we are even mimicking some of those behaviors in the world. Our response, Jesus. And I love this message in Luke because what Jesus shows me, and I hope that he shows you, is that Jesus can identify with us wherever we are. I used to be a social worker in my former life. And one of the values that we had to learn from the beginning was to meet people where they are. And what that meant was that we were to come along into people's lives as they invited us to come in, And we were to identify with their pain, to identify with their suffering, to identify with their struggles. We were to empathize with them, to help them to to understand that we care about them. We care about the difficulties that they are going through. And then we were to tell them that we were here to offer some tools to help them, to help their lives be better. Hmm? And this is what Jesus did with Peter. Jesus, even though he had invited Peter a ways down in a different chapter, on a different day, on this particular day, Jesus came alongside Peter. Jesus met Peter where he was. Jesus, being God in human flesh, knew that Peter had doubts. Peter had fears. Peter was probably thinking like I did, oh my God, how am I going to take care of my daily needs if I were to leave everything and follow Jesus? And Jesus met him in his everyday living situation. He was a fisherman. So Jesus showed up on his boat and Jesus helped him to see the power of God. Jesus helped him to see the miracles that God can do in his life. And when Peter saw that, Peter responded, I am a sinner, God. And Jesus responded in kind and said, I love you. You are forgiven. I am calling you into service, into my service of sharing the gospel. And I would imagine, Jesus didn't say this in the scriptures, but I would imagine, Jesus says, and this is going to be a long process. Huh? Just like us. Sometimes people can't come to Jesus because they try to reason it. They try to understand it. They reuse all the scholarships we have, all the intellectual arguments, and it doesn't make sense. Of course not. We have to trust it by faith. 
Because the word of God in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not with some of your heart, with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. It says in all your ways, in every way, acknowledge God. And he will direct your path. So the question for us today is, has Jesus stopped calling people to be his disciples? What do you think? I see some head shaking. No, and that's absolutely not. This is our mission for St. Matthew's. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And as scary as that is, as unknown as it is at times, we have to trust God and trust God's word and trust the the Holy Spirit that Jesus has sent into our world for our time and for generations to come to help us to be first a disciple of following Jesus and then to be able to invite others to follow suit. So this is the best way in my preparation time that I thought I want to help you to understand. How do we follow Jesus? I love butterflies. Anybody that knows me know that. I love butterflies. In butterflies, ever since I was a little child, I would marvel at the beauty of butterflies when they're flying freely in the air. And I would marvel at the unique creation of them and the different species and I would see God in that. What do we know about the life cycle of a butterfly? We know that it starts off as a little egg on a leaf and then there's something God is doing in that egg because from that egg it becomes a caterpillar crawling on the ground and on leaves. But even as it's crawling, God is continuing to do God's work inside of the caterpillar, transforming and allowing the caterpillar to shed its outer layers. And then after a season and time, the caterpillar is formed into a pupa or a chrysalis, as we call it. And it's hanging upside down on a leaf. And even in that process, God is doing God's miraculous work of transforming and bringing forth new life. Because at the appointed time, in God's timing, what emerges from this cocoon, this pupa, this chrysalis, is a beautiful butterfly with strong wings. And the butterfly is able to fly freely and to beautify the earth. I see God calling us in this process similar to the life cycle of a butterfly. We start off in our mother's womb and God has put God's DNA inside of us. We don't know that. And then God is working always by God's grace and mercy as we continue to grow even when we think we know it all. God continues to work in us. Even when we go to school and we get educated and and we start our adult life, God is still working in us. God is calling us to the real purpose 
for our existence. And over a period of time, when God knows us and knows us well and knows that we have heard God's word and we have a desire to follow God and to follow God through Christ Jesus, God does something miraculous in us. God gives us faith to believe. We say we have faith and we do, but you know that faith is a gift from God for us to believe. And, and, and God knows that when we come to faith, that there is some growing and there is going to be some disappointments and there are going to be some heartaches and there are going to be some sorrows. There are going to be some challenges, but God says, if you keep on looking to me and trusting in me and calling upon the name of Jesus, you will see the miraculous work I can do in you day by day. Like the butterfly, its purpose is to beautify the earth. What does the butterfly do? It takes pollen from flowers and it carries it all across. It spreads it all across the earth. Bring in the beauty of what began over here, giving new life something in a different place. God has given us new life. He has given us this new life in Jesus Christ. And he says, you have to trust me by studying my word. You have to trust me by leaving the old self behind. You have to trust me even when you are on the superhighway of the 21st century with all of these sites that you can go to. He's saying, trust me and listen to me because I want to use you. I can use you right where you are. I can use you in your schools. I can use you in Boy Scouts, in Girl Scouts. I can use you at your work. I can use you in your community. I can use you anyway as long as you stay focused on me. Because he says, in me, there is life, and there is life abundantly. So God invites us still today to carry the pollen of the good news of the gospel to people wherever we are, whatever we are doing. Is it difficult at times? Yeah. But God says in his word, if you trust me, Greater things I will do in you than I did in my disciples who you read about. Hmm? Do you believe God can do those things? Because this is who God has called us to be. And God loves you where you are, so there's no need fretting and fussing about it. God loves us so much that he gave us his word and a promise. The word is in John 3.16. The promise is also in John 3.16. Those of you who know John 3.16, I call you, I invite you to say it with me in this moment. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, come on choir, shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the call and the promise to have everlasting life. Mm. And it begins with those who believe. 
and those who answer the call to follow Jesus. It is a loving process, painful at times, but never short of God's love. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your call upon us, God, to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Thank you, O God, that when we lose heart, and thank you, God, when we don't have courage to respond to your call, God, that you are always here by the presence of your Holy Spirit to encourage us and to uplift us and to remind us that we, O God, have value in you. I thank you for each person here today, God, under the sound of my voice. May they come to know you in that special call. And may they carry, O God, the pollen of the good news of the gospel wherever they go upon this earth. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving and the people of God say together, amen, amen, and amen.